Jocko Willing says, when things go bad, just say good, because that's all things are for you. That's what I wrote I about in my book, that. by the way, right? But what should you do when things happen that are good for you? Besides say thank you and be grateful, I believe we should say, of course. Of course that happened. Because if we're intentional and then we paid attention, things took action, of course, that's the outcome that we were shooting for. Why are you so shocked that you got it? Yes. Of course. And then you yes. say, what's next? Welcome to the Honor It podcast. I'm Honor Garrett, your host, and we're here to honor all that is good in the world. We delve in, into inspiring stories that matter to you with top experts, entrepreneurs, creators, innovators, and pro athletes who are making a difference, impacting lives, and creating positive change. My mission is to inspire women to thrive and build a legacy and life they love no matter what their age. We live life in the game, not on the sidelines. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Mike Searock Sirocco. Mike is the co-founder of the innovative tech platform, Blueprinted, the powerhouse behind What Are You Made Of podcast, and the best-selling author of Rocket Fuel Convert Setbacks. He is a high-performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, tech visionary, and thought leader. Featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020 and is on a mission to build unstoppable people. He is consumed with the passion to help people break free from confines of complacency and propel to untapped levels of success. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I love to start interviews with gratitude, man. It's, it's awesome. So I'm really thankful to be here. I've done a lot of podcasts, but this is one I've been looking forward to for a while since we met on Clubhouse. Uh, thanks. Well, that's what I was going to say. Mike and I met on Clubhouse and during the COVID epidemic or whatever that you want to call that. And I really admire his optimism and his resiliency. So let's dive in. Mike, can you share a bit about your journey? Like, How did you become the co-founder of Blueprinted and the host of What Are You Made Up podcast? Where did it all start? Yeah, by the way, Blueprinted is just one of my ventures. I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I start a lot of things. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I came from a lot of brokenness. So we all have our story, right? So I saw a lot of alcoholism, drugs, anxiety, depression, people telling themselves a story of why they were certain ways. And then they would go and validate that by living out that life, whatever it was. And I just didn't want to ever settle for what they were doing. And, and uh, you know, I would call my family out a lot of times. And I'd say, hey, you know, you're, you're living the life that you're saying you're living. Well, like you're, you're spelling it out first and then you're living it. Do you realize that? Because I could see it so clearly at like even eight years old. And sometimes they would grow to resent that, you know, or they would say, yeah, I know Mikey. And they used to call me Mikey back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I know Mikey, I know, or whatever. And I saw things that ended up happening in even just till recently from the things that I saw in my family where there was overdoses on drugs. My grandmother ended up committing suicide. My uncle, who was like like a big brother to me, which was my grandmother's son, that side of the family on my mom's side, he ended up overdosing fentanyl. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of that. And, and it's just the way it made me feel. I was just like, I, I don't like the way this feels. And I think I feel like I have a choice. I feel like I have a choice to live the life I want. And I, I really started realizing at a younger age that if I start sharing a story of why I'll be successful, I start seeing that. 
And so I developed a formula, Honor, that once you set your intention on something, and that's a commitment, you set intention, that leads to what I pay attention to or what you pay attention to. And what you pay attention to starts to be validated in your world. Now, we all live in this, this same world that we're living in, right? But the funny thing about it is, is that what you pay attention to is what matters because that's where you can perceive things. And then you can live in a totally different universe than your neighbor or even your spouse or your sibling. It's wild how it works, but it's cool once you figure it out. So it's intention. I figured that out, which is what you pay attention to. And then what you pay attention to becomes into an existence in your world. So if that's the case, I can start designing my future, causing and creating my future by setting intentions. And I started to realize at a younger age, and then I got better and better and better at it. And till this day now, I feel like I'm living a life that I want, and I'm designing on purpose uh, everything that I want to do. And I'm trying to show other people by uh, example how to do that. I completely agree. We all are living and creating our own reality. So I try to tell people when they don't like what they see in their life, that's actually the past. What you see right now is what you've done in the past and all the decisions you made, and it's created what you live right now. So the only way to change your future is you need to start thinking about tomorrow. What do you want it to look like? And then showing up like that. And for you to have figured that out at a young age is pretty phenomenal because it took me till my 50s. To find that well, you know, I'll tell you what I didn't figure out, though, at a young age. I didn't figure out how big I could go with it or how much control I actually had, because I think that we're programmed to think to a certain level. So I would aspire to that certain level and I would hit that. And what I didn't know until I was in my forties is the sky's the limit. We're put on this earth to create, like we're yeah. creators. And so we're always going to be wanting more because I think even as a Christian, cause I'm a, a Christian, you almost feel like, you shouldn't want more. And I totally disagree. I had to get over that hump to go, wait a minute, we were born to create, to build new things, to co-create, to do amazing things. We we're made in his image. Why would we play small? That's not what we were made for, right? Yeah, yeah. Now we're not talking, when we talk about more, I'm not the kind of guy that wants more stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a difference. And I, I believe that the people that have more are more of an effect. They're living in life in effect to what they have. They're, they're stuck to it. If you mm -hmm. think about this for a second. Right. Right. But, but like, imagine how free it is not to have anything, but to have everything. That's okay. deep. Right. Well, I, I have chills. So yes, it is. You know, well, I, I want that freedom. That's the freedom I want. I don't want freedom. Like I have so much money and I just can just slough off and, I need purpose. I need work. I want to work, but I want to do things that make me fulfilled. And I want to do that up until the day I die. That's freedom to me. But having stuff limits me and creates the thing where I'm kind of like stuck to it. And I don't want to be in that room. I want to be able to roam free, really high level of resonance or frequency. And being able to do that has nothing to do with having stuff. Absolutely. It's it. Everything is energy and, and what you put out in the world and the impact. I work with women trying to help them, especially later in life when they think, well, am I done? And no, it's the beginning. So what legacy do you want to leave? 
So to me, I see that you're really focused on what legacy, what impact am I going to make in the world? Yeah. I love the idea of helping people and, and leading people into thinking differently and then acting differently and then surrounding themselves with the right aligned people. And I love the exponential magnitude of that, that kind of legacy, which can change the planet. I don't care about my name being remembered when I'm not here. I want people to know me while I'm here so that I can make more impact. And then from there, after I leave this planet from this physical body, I'm a, I'm a spiritual being. I'm, I'm a Christian as well. I believe in a spiritual being. I'm, I'm not this body, right? This is what I'm doing when I'm here. But once I leave here, my energy will go, my spirit will go to heaven. But I left something for the people that are still here that they're now spreading what I catalyzed. And, I, and by the way, I'm not at the start, the catalyst of that. I was catalyzed by other people as well. Absolutely. We're all supposed to be in community. We all build each other. We're stronger together, right? So tell me about your shirt. First of all, I think you're a genius in marketing. You do such Thank a great you. job. So tell me what that one thing is on your shirt. Explain. Yeah. So this is a logo. I have a podcast agency and it was started out as People Building Inc. And that was the company name. And I like that name for personal development and helping training. But for the agency, I was like, ah, this thing is not resonating with me. And I started thinking about what I could add value to, to our clients. See, what we do for our clients is we take them and get them marketable, make them more marketable. And then we go pitch them the top 5% rated shows and above and get them on great podcasts. But, but in order to do that, I wanted to add more value. So I was thinking about like, I could create a magazine. I haven't done this yet, but I was, I was thinking of this. I could create a magazine and call it like the one guest magazine, like, you know, when you become the one and then I was taken, I think. And then I started thinking about was that one, that one, that one, that one guest, that one guest magazine. And then I started thinking, shoot, you know, what's cool. That one, like, I always want to be that one. And it's not about being the best. It's about finding out who you are and then living that unapologetically and letting your light shine never dimmed. Nobody dims your light. We're just so hammered all of our lives by experiences and setbacks and discouragement and all this stuff. And I want to peel back the layers. And this has started to turn into like the personal mission that I've had in my whole life is find out who I am all unapologetically, get rid of all this, the layers, be vulnerable and transparent and just live it. Right. And that's where that one came from. And then uh, of course I have a guy that works with me that's created the C rock logo and um, some other things. And, and I sent it to him, told him the idea of it. And he's just a genius when it comes to it. Now, his name is Jason. Shout out to Jason. But when he does these things, it's usually, he'll give me five designs, right? right. And I'm like, I'll go through and I'm like, Ugh. he's like, geez, where did he come up with that one? Ugh. All four of them, I'll say, and then there's one that always sticks out. And it's amazing how this happens. I've, I've designed several logos with him. And this is one of the ones he had. And I just fell in love with it. I love how you use the negative space for the one. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know what it means. And they're just like that, like it gets attention. It grabs them. Cause I'll walk through the airport on her and uh, I'll have people all the time. They're like, what is that? And I'm like, what was what? <laughs> and they're like that, that. And I'm like, oh, that one. And then I get to explain it to them. So when this starts to get out there and we have merch going out now and, and we create this movement around this, I, I just like creating brands that I could do so much with. I could create the agency. I can create merch. I can create masterminds, that one mastermind, that one film studio, that one media that I can do so much with it. And yes. so I'm excited 
uh, about that. And thank you for asking. I'm excited. I want, I'm, I'm going to get the merch. If, if it's available, I'm, I'm on it. So that one merch.com. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll do that. So I have a podcast. We're right here doing this right now, but I don't know how to get on other people's <laughs> podcasts. Is that what you specialize in? Yes. Yes. So what happened, let me tell you the story. So I was in the mortgage business for uh, 17 years and real estate mortgages started as a realtor loan officer, then started to build. And we built out the seven branches. My best friends and I worked together on this seven branches, 50 some employees. We built it up to $13 million in annual revenue. We could have went higher, but I started realizing that I wasn't fulfilled by this. This isn't what I wanted to do. And I think all my, my buddies too, they were like, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. And so that stops growth because you're not passionate about it. And to put up all the crap that we have to go through dealing with all kinds of stuff in this business, which is a commodity, mortgages are commodity. Everybody's looking for the lowest rate. And it's hard to differentiate yourself because you're just a rate person. <laughs> so I started four years ago thinking, I got to create an exit strategy. I got to get out of this. I told my wife, I, I can't do this. But I was confused because I was making good money. And when I was making good money, I was thinking that I was doing everything I was supposed to do growing up. And what I was told I was supposed to do, provide for a family, nice house here, on the water, pool, two healthy kids. My, my wife and I have been married 20 years. I love her to death. She's beautiful. Awesome. I couldn't ask for anything better. But I was unfulfilled when I came home from what I was doing, not from them or anything like that, but for what I was doing. And I just realized to me myself that I, I got to really explore who I am and what I'm capable of because I feel like I'm playing too small of a game. And so when I committed to that, I said, you know what, I got to get known because I've been on this chase game, this chase model where I was chasing everything, chasing business, chasing women back before I was married, of course, chasing the next party, chasing the next deal, chasing, chasing, chasing. I'm like, I think I need to figure out a way to create an attraction model. How do I do that? Well, personal brand. I started studying people and seeing the personal brand and then that creates attention, which creates attraction. I can still do the chase thing, but I'm not required to. I'm not relying upon only that. Mm -hmm. So when I committed to that, I didn't know how I was going to do this. I had to ask the question, how big do I want to go with this? And I started thinking to myself, nationwide, global. And then I looked at the news. And this is back, I think, 18 or 19. And I said, holy moly, they, they're talking about aliens in the government now? The gov government's <laughs> validating UFOs? I don't, know if you, I don't know if aliens are real. But let me get the aliens to know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. I want to think that big. I want them to think, like, if they come to this planet, if they have been here, this dude's going to be a problem. <laughs> That's what I wanted them to think, <laughs> right? So that allowed me to expand and release, like, energy and flow and just be like, all right, I got this. I'm, now, I'm, now I'm paying attention because I set my intention, right? My formula, tension, intention, attention. Now my attention's like, okay, how am I going to do this? Because I had no clue. All of a sudden, I started getting people to ask me to come on their podcast. And one gentleman, Chris Donaldson, has a podcast called Office Hours, my first one ever. He asked me three times. I said, no, I don't even know what a podcast is. And eventually, I went on his show because he, he stuck in there. And while I was on that show, Honor, I realized something. I was having all these cognitions, these aha moments. Whoa, I feel great right now. I feel confident. He wants to interview me. This is awesome. And I started feeling great. I'm like, I want to do more of this. But then I also realized this is how Gary V, Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, Tony Robbins, they all do podcasts and they do a lot of them. And this is how they get out there. And then if somebody wants to do business with me, they're going to Google search my name, right? That's going to happen. 
And then I'm going to be, because I'm going to do this, I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to have podcast interviews listed pages and pages and pages with my name in the title and what I talk about and me being interviewed by people. Now, credibility and authority go through the roof. And I was like, this is like so easy, actually. And then I started thinking about content. And I said, you know what? This is how Grant Cardone gets known because he always talks about being known by 8 billion people on the planet. Now, I don't think he really cares about that. Truthfully, I think he cares about the people. He wants to portray this thing, but only to the people that matter in his business. And he wants to become omnipresent to those people. And to the degree that if they were to go to their neighbor and they say, hey, you heard of this guy, Grant Cardone, Mike C-Rock, whatever. And the neighbor's like, no, who's that? And the neighbor that, that knows them can't believe that their neighbor doesn't know them. It's that power, right? So I started thinking, I'm going to lean into this. I started doing seven to 10 shows a week. And my wife was getting sick of it because I was in the dining room. I didn't have a studio that I have now. And I just started doing shows and shows and shows. And how I did it was I reached out to people, uh, everybody I could think of on Instagram and DM them and say, hey, if you're looking for a great guest, I'll light your show up. And then I started taking the shows that I was on and putting it in front of people. Then I started getting people to ask me to come on. But that wasn't the, sh it wasn't intentional at that point as far as the specific type of show. I was just saying yes to everything because I knew I needed to do volume. Right. Eventually, I told my, who's my ops manager now, Kim. I said, Kim, I need to get on shows. So we started with an agency first. It was a different one. And they did all right. And it got me on shows, but it wasn't top 5% ranked shows. And I did my reps. I put my reps in. And eventually I found this guy named Todd and Todd Armstrong is a guy that was working for another friend of ours. And he just started getting me on great shows. And I started to realize that Todd was missing some things and I believe in collaboration. So I said, wow, we could do some amazing things with Todd. I told Kim, Todd came to me, said, this is April of last year. Hey, why don't we start an agency together? I said, Todd, I've been thinking about that. Let's do it. And so from there, from that idea, we just went after it. We put an offer out there. It started to work. And then we created systems and processes and started scaling it out. Little did I know, Honor, I know I'm talking here and rambling here, but no, this is little great. did I know, I didn't know that celebrities and movie producers and athletes would want to come work with us. I was thinking entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, things like that, which is fine. But I started finding out that PR firms and marketing agencies didn't have good, good PR, uh, uh, podcast departments. They didn't have the network that we have. They didn't have the systems and processes we have, and they couldn't provide what we do. So they started coming to us and saying, hey, well, can we white label and you guys just fulfill the podcast part for us? We're like, yeah, we'll white label. So part of our business, about 30% comes from white labels, from agencies, big part PR firms. And we were working with celebrities now and all these others, as well as the entrepreneurs. So that's what that one agency does. We're going to keep expanding and doing other things as well, but that's the main thing that we started with. Wow, that's so interesting. So what advice would you give for women, say my age? I'm not sure exactly how old you are or your wife, but say your wife came to you and said, I want to do something big. I'm made for more. And it's not exactly what you're doing. This needs to be uniquely me. If someone came to you, would you be able to help them? Oh, of course. Like, this is what we do too. I mean, I do this a lot. The agency is what we do, but then I work with people to, to help them. And number one, we have to be willing to, whatever we decide to do, we got to be willing to work on ourselves on a continuous basis. Because those layers, man, let me tell you something. When we've done something and failed at it, we make decisions after that, that shape the rest of our future. Most of the time, those decisions are, wow, I'm not very good at that. 
or I shouldn't do that again, or this isn't for me, all negative stuff, limiting decisions. So we need to go visit and make sure that we can just make a new decision that's counter to that. Right. So we got to look back at that and, and then basically peel back the layers of people that, that were discouraging us and holding us back and suppressing us that we allowed it. We got to take responsibility, but we allowed that to happen. So we had to go back and revisit all of this. I call it like a casing of bad energy. That's, that's heavy. that's around us. You can actually feel this honor. You can feel how heavy sometimes you feel from this. It feels wow. dense, dark. And that's because energy is heavy when it condenses and that energy is negative energy. It's bad, bad energy. It actually makes you feel more dense. So we need to visit that and clear that out. And then get very clear on what we want, right? No matter what you do, it's not, it doesn't have to be like me or anybody else. It has to be, what do you want? Right. If I were to be a genie in a bottle and I, you rub the bottle and I came out and I snapped my fingers, what would that look like? Paint that picture for me. Then we set the intention and you know what follows intention is what you pay attention to. So I go through that process. And by the way, it's simple. So many people want complicated for them to listen to you, but simple is the way. And I think people want complicated because they want an excuse to not have to do the work. And, oh, it's, well, it's just so hard. It's complicated. It's not. It's simple. Well, I think for some women who have raised kids, stayed home, kind of put everything on the back burner right now when they're entering their 50s and their kids have gone away, they're not really sure who they are. What do I like? I don't remember. Yeah. And so... That to me is so valuable if you can help somebody. Well, you got to play around with it. Like you got to go out and play around with different things. Like, oh, let me try this. Let me try that. Find out what lights you up. My mentor, Richie Dolan, he has a mission. I have a mission. His mission is different than mine, but his is that all people are lit, right? He wants his experience with people when they're done with him to be lit up, right? I want people to feel like they're unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams which will light them up. But so we got to find out what lights us up. Right. What lights us up? So the only way to figure that out is if you can't think of it, you got to go try things and not be like, not be afraid to do that. Tell your husband, Hey, listen, I'm not going to go try other men, but I'm going to go try some things. Okay. <laughs> I want to find out what lights me up because I, I want to be the best wife for you. I want to be the best mother for our kids as they grow and our grandkids eventually. And I don't want to live a miserable life. I want to live a fulfilling, happy life where I can also serve others and help other people. In order to do that, I need to be the best version of myself. So in order to do that, I'm going to explore some things. I would ask for your support in this. And by the way, communication is so important when it comes to this because you don't want to do it, do different things. And your husband's like, what the heck is she doing? I don't even know her anymore. Right. But that's the way, you know, I had that conversation with my wife. I said, listen, I got to do some things. We're living in Ocean City, Maryland, and there's not a lot of business here for what I do. I'm going to have to travel. Mm -hmm. And if you want to stay here, be close to your family, I'm cool with it. We have a beautiful house here. I don't want to sell this place. Mm -hmm. But you got to be cool with it. I travel like at least once a month, maybe a little longer, maybe once every two months. But I'm going to have to go on the road because we got to make sacrifices, but I got to go out. I got to serve this purpose. I had that conversation with her. And she said, look, that's a big sacrifice for our family because we got to share you with the world. But hey, look, if it's for what God put you here for, then go get it. No, that's it's communication is so key. And I love the fact that you're building people up because sometimes we live in this world where people are about competition instead of collaboration and collaboration. Oh, if people just realized 
how magical that is versus trying to one up someone. That energy is so, like you said, heavy energy. And people think, why am I stuck in my life? I'm being positive. I'm having positive affirmations. I'm doing this. But you can't have a high energy frequency and a low energy frequency at the same time, right? So if you're still have that resistance of shame or guilt or whatever that is, or not thinking you deserve it, you're still not going to get that success because you got to let that go. It's holding you under to be able to ride. It's like holding the helium balloon and you got to let it go so you can. So I, I love what you're doing. Thank if you. you had any advice to give our audience of the number one thing they should do to have a more impactful life, what would you say? Well, so I'm an unapologetic believer in God. And I think that we're all put here. I don't think I know we were all put here for a reason with certain abilities. And I just feel like I would never want to look back at my life and realize I was given this ability or opportunities to do something and I didn't do it. So I want people's perspectives to be on that. Like when I talk to people, I want your perspective to be on the fact of what are you capable of? How far can you take this thing? I ask myself that question all the time. Like, how far can I take this thing? Let's see how far we can take this thing. And that's what I want to know. How far can you go? And I want you to realize that like the life of your dreams is caused and created by you and you're unstoppable to getting it, except for if you stop yourself. Right. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. So you're, you love to build people up, make them unstoppable. As for you and what you have plans on your horizon, do you have any vision for your future? Will this podcast guesting and podcast agency maybe dive into helping people get on stages and have more opportunities to speak? Because that's really my passion too. Yeah, I think it's a catalyst. I think all people should be podcasting first before they go speak on stages and do a lot of it, lean into it, like exercise. And I think that's going to lead to stages by itself if you start speaking about that while you're on podcasts. Like, look, I'm 2024. Our, my son is a senior in high school. It's football season's ending. He's got three games. They're in the playoffs, so three games max. After that, next year, I'm going on the road speaking, and I'm going to do paid gigs and all this, but I'm going out. So if anybody's listening to this and needs a speaker and wants to have somebody come out and speak to their organization, let me know. But that's what you do. You go on a show, you do a lot of them, and you start talking about what you're going to do. It's called postulating. You put it out in the universe. I'm going to be speaking. And you start talking about it enough. And what that is, again, I'll go back to this. It's an attention. And an attention leads to what you pay attention to. So you're going to start seeing opportunities to speak. And you're going to grab those opportunities because that's your intention. And before you know it, a year from now, you're going to go and you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe I'm, I mean, you shouldn't say this, by the way, but you're going to say, I can't believe this is so amazing. I can't believe I'm speaking on stages. I don't know even know how I got here. But what we've done, and, and by the way, I'll speak to our future vision here in a minute, but what we've done though, when we say, I can't believe it, or wow, this is amazing. This is unbelievable. We're invalidating the power that we've been given by God to create that. And so we put it on a pedestal like it's happened by chance or coincidence, and it takes our power away from doing it again in the future for other things. So we need to make sure that one thing I do is, Jocko Willing says, when things go bad, just say good, because that's all things are for you. That's what I wrote about in my book, by the way, right? 
But what should you do when things happen that are good for you? Besides say thank you and be grateful, I believe we should say, of course. Of course that happened. Because if we're intentional and then we paid attention, things took action. Like, of course, that's the outcome that we were shooting for. Why are you so shocked that you got it? Yes. Of course. And then you say, what's next? Because we got to continuously cause and create, cause and create if that's what living's all about. So my my future with this company, I don't know how far the, the podcast agency itself can go. We're going to see how far we can take this thing. But I really want to help. Uh, I, I see a need because college athletes and even high school now can get paid by brands. So I see a huge void in someone teaching these kids how to become marketable. And so I would love to help those kids become more marketable, maybe partner up with a sports agent and get these kids earlier, work with them first. And the sports agent and I are collabing and the sports agent does the brand deals and the, the, the contracts and what have you. But I work with the kids and mentor them becoming the best human being possible and making them more marketable, getting their social media taken care of, showing them how to create content and understanding the thought that goes in it and the commitment that goes into that. So when they go out, they just hit the ground running and, and brands are just like, hey, I want that kid. He doesn't even have to be him or her. They don't have to be the greatest athlete in the world. If they're well known, they're going to get brand deals. With my husband being in, in football, I see that they really do teach these student athletes a lot. And they have a like business entrepreneurship where they learn and then they have a leadership program where they learn. But to have someone come in and speak to them specifically about how they can build their brand instead of people coming in and saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. Don't put these pictures of you and whatever on your social media, but come in and build them up and say, you have an amazing opportunity yeah. to really get an early start on your future. I, and I just believe that when you start showing them like what's possible and why they should be putting content out there, what kind of content, it also puts them into an accountable situation as well, because they're focused on, oh, my brand image matters. I can't, I can't make that decision of going partying. I got to think about what about my image? What about tomorrow? The NIL stands for name, image, and likeness. Image. Like what is your image? What image do you want to put out there? And you can be cool without drinking and partying. And you can be cool without drugs. You can be cool. You can be cool. This is how you do it. That's really great. And my audience is mainly women that are a little bit older who probably have high school and college kids that are making these decisions. So that's really good to know. So I appreciate you talking about that. So your son going to, he's in high school or college? Yeah. Yeah. He's a senior and he also works for our agency. So oh. he's got, I, I, he's got two classes this semester and then he has work. I call work release, but it's not work release. I call it that. Cause it just sounds funny but it's like work study or something. So he has the rest of the day to work at a job. So he works with that one agency and he's doing marketing with us. That's and so, yeah, he's wrapping up his football season. He's not going to play. I don't think going forward in, in college, but he wants to be in film screenwriter and actor honor. I told my son and everybody that's listening, all the ladies that are listening, I think it's really important to let our kids know, listen, let's find out what you're passionate about. Like we talked about for the ladies, let's find out what you're passionate about and let's cause and create and design a way to make money doing it. 
right? And if we can do that, your life, you, you, you don't hate Mondays. Monday becomes your favorite day of the week. And that's a decision. So that's what I'm doing with them. I said, listen, hey, I don't want you to hate life. I don't want you to go to an office job. Let's get something that you're passionate about, figure out how to make money. And anything is possible. That's why I was so excited. My youngest is 22. She's a senior in college. She is media journalism, but then she double majored in entrepreneurship because I said, your passions are going to change throughout your life. You're going to keep getting another passion, another idea. But if you understand business and how to market, you can do anything with that. So yeah, being known, like if you can become a celebrity in your space, that's so crucial when everybody knows you and you're true to your mission and oh man, it's so powerful. It really is. It's powerful and it's scary because I think people struggle with confidence and really confidence is keeping the promises you make to yourself and to others. Also insecurities, like this is huge for everybody to hear. Okay. Insecurities. This gave me so much control in my life. That's what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Insecurities are only from a lack of knowledge of the area that you're insecure with. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is if I ever insecure in something, I'm like, Oh, I just don't know something. Okay. I got to go find out who knows it or where to find the information. Once I do that, I may have to do some things to get some reps in or whatever, but really experience is not necessary. If you know something like if you knew how to fly a plane, okay. If you knew how everything that needed, you knew it, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't need experience flying a plane. You only need experience to know something. Right. Wild. Yeah. I didn't really think about it like that. That's so when you know that you feel like, Oh, I have control over everything. I have control over um, not everything, but you have control over the insecurities that you have. And a lot of people think at least my age, Oh, it's too late. And honestly, as long as you have breath in your lungs, right. And a desire in your heart, you can do it. I mean, there's a reason you're still here. There's a reason. So I really encourage people with that. And you only have to know and be a few steps ahead of the people that don't know. So I'm a great coach for people who are a few steps below where I am. am. But I also know that I benefit greatly from coaches who are above me and are where I want to go. And so we're always evolving no matter what. Yeah. Well, let me share a story real quick as we wind down here. I want to make sure I get this in. I had a stepfather that stepped in for me and I, I had the biggest I know probably some listeners are, are single moms and I have the biggest respect and love for single moms and appreciation. Um, my mom, I came from a broken home. I don't remember my family together. My dad, my mom, I don't, I don't, I saw wedding pictures and uh, there was a man that stepped into my life in the place of my father. His name was George and George was a hard man, black and white, right and wrong. You do good things, good things happen, do bad, bad things happen. And I just had, you know, well, you know what? You were going to ask a question and I was just going to say this story. So you didn't ask your question yet, but I, I honor George honor. <laughs> I'm jumping. That's awesome. See, your you're, you're so intuitive. You know exactly <laughs> yeah. what you do. What are you choosing to honor or who are you honoring? I'm sorry. I, I, I hit that prematurely. Um, yeah. And no, so, so, you know, I wanted to just say the, the step parenting is a hard thing to do. My stepfather said it was the hardest thing he's ever had to do in his life. He would try to correct us. And my mom would always stick up for us saying he's being too hard on us protecting us. And it's a tough job. 
Well, the, I was very fortunate to have this man in my life because he stepped in at a very impressionable age when my dad wasn't there. And uh, he's, he's just an amazing, amazing man. Wasn't very good with money or making money, but he was good with it. He could stretch it really far, but right and wrong. Show me right and wrong, black and white dichotomies, making decisions simple. Either you're going towards or away, you're building or destroying, make the decision, not stuck being stuck in a maybe. So many people are stuck in a maybe and indecisiveness. And when George passed away in 2019, he had a sudden heart attack coming out of the woods hunting. He was a big hunter and he always wanted to die in the woods. He said, (laughs) and he did, he ended up dying of a heart attack. And I got the call one morning and two weeks after that, two weeks after that call, I got this amazing energy that came into me, this passion. He was passionate about what he was passionate about, like football, baseball, crabbing, fishing, hunting. If you were at a party and you mentioned any of those things, he would jump up off the couch and you would thought something like lightning struck him. And I felt two weeks after this, this passionate energy come into me. And this is prior to writing the book. And when I was going through that thing about getting known and going, creating an attraction model, this happened. And it created this urgency in me because I realized that the window is always shrinking for us. So we have to act with some kind of urgency. Now, you got to be patient with the results, but urgent with your actions. I call it patient urgency. And so I just want to say I honor George and, and all the stepfathers and stepparents out there for, for stepping in for the other people, not because they, other people didn't do their job. Maybe something didn't work out, but sometimes they're not there, whatever. But I just want to honor George because... I think it's been 2019, I guess it'll be five years coming up in this January. And he is st- such a catalyst, been such a catalyst for what I'm doing and the impact that I'm allowed to make on this planet. That's beautiful. And I, I think it's so important for us to realize who are the people that helped us along the way. And you're doing that for so many people now. And I didn't really mention much about your book. Can I ask really quickly, what made you write a book? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Or was it, I have so much to share. I just got to put this down in writing. Yeah. When I started podcasting, I started realizing, oh, that was one of the things like when I started podcasting, I realized repurposing Mm -hmm. the power of podcasting. You can do blogs, you can get quotes of yourself because when you talk enough, there's quotes and they're quotable. And so you can stop quote posting other people's quotes and start posting your own. You could do uh, repurpose TikToks, YouTube shorts, reels, all that stuff, right? Long form YouTube. But then I also realized, hey, wait a minute. You can write a book off the content that you're talking about all the time. And I started to think about that. So I transcribed a bunch of my podcasts and I started to organize it in a book. And I talked a lot about converting setbacks into rocket fuel to become unstoppable to live in the life of your dreams. And I said, you know what? This needs to get told because so many people are out there living in this victim mentality and thinking that because they came from this certain circumstance and then because people are hating on them and discouraging them that they're just doomed for that. And I, I, I just wasn't acceptable to me. So I decided to write a book. I committed to getting Grant Cardone to write the forward before I even started writing the book, I told my team, this is what's happening. Cause he was a big mentor in my life early on. Right. That's a long story. I got, I got him to write the, the forward and then the book became a bestseller and it was a great calling card for me to get out there. Wow. Just, Speaking to you makes me so excited to get in action. You really are someone who walks your talk and thank you. You don't always hear, see that. So what a perfect way to end this episode. I really thank you, Mike, for joining us today. 
Appreciate you, Anna. Thank you. And that completes our episode with Mike Searock. Until next time, remember, we are not promised tomorrow, so be present today. It is a gift. And take time to honor it all. Mm -hmm.